My talk tonight is a study of a woman who studied chimps. I like the, the woo just for woman there. That was an easy to please audience. That's great. Um, it was a study of a woman who studied chimps, and the chimps were studying termites, and the termites were probably studying something, but no one asked them. I am talking about the British primatologist and anthropologist Jane Goodall. <laughs> now, I'm going to make a confession to all of you, uh, and it will surprise some of you and disgust others among you. For the first hour and a half of researching Jane Goodall, I thought uh, she was Diane Fossey. <laughs> Did. Uh, I knew uh, from the film starring Sigourney Weaver that she'd been brutally murdered. And when our wonderful host of the evening, Danny, said that she'd met her recently, that should have been enough to twig that maybe I had the wrong person. It wasn't. Uh, I got two hours in before I realised uh, chimpanzees and gorillas are different and um, Jane Goodall's very much alive. Bless her health. Uh, and we are sadly missing Diane Fossey. Now, some of you laugh. I know there's a percentage of you who thought the same thing, so don't get on your high horses. <laughs> it's a good start to any talk insulting the audience, step one. Um, now, Goodall's passion for chimps is a story of life imitating art. She had no connection in her childhood to the wilds of Africa or primates. She was born in 1934 in middle-class gentility of Bournemouth in London. And she fell in love with animals and Africa from Dr. Doolittle books and Tarzan films. Uh, she often makes the joke that Tarzan married the wrong Jane. <laughs> she said it. I don't care if you don't find it funny. <laughs> Jane uh, said that she dreamed a man's dream. She dreamed of adventures. But there was no clear path from the life that she led how she would even get there. So she went to school and she took a secretarial course. But in 1957, a friend invited her to come and visit them in Kenya and she jumped at the chance. And once she was there, she took it on herself to actually contact Dr. Lewis Leakey, uh, the famous paleoanthropologist. Uh, you'd, many of you would know Leakey's family discovered uh, and cemented the theory that humans evolved in Africa, not in Asia, as previously thought with the specimens that they discovered. And she called him out of the blue and she led with the opener, I'd love to come and talk to you about animals. Which was, she said later, was a bit pathetic, but it worked. He, uh, he totally met up with her and this move completely changed her life. Um, so Leakey hired her as his secretary and they went on adventures together, which included scaling a gorge to escape a lion and in the process coming face to face with an angry rhinoceros. None of this her secretarial course had prepared her for. But it only inspired her on, and at the age of 26, with no scientific education to speak of, Leakey sent her to Tanzania. He'd been looking for someone to study chimpanzees in order to find evidence of the shared ancestry between humans and great apes. Previous studies of primates had been limited to animals in, capacity, in, sorry, in, in captivity, which Leakey believed completely affected and limited the results that people were getting. And Leakey actually saw Goodall's lack of scientific education uh, as a benefit, as it meant that she was, quote-unquote, unfettered by reductionist scientific theory. 
uh, of the time. So Goodall was the first of three researchers that Leakey recruited, and this might actually explain my, my mistakes earlier. The, two, the other two were Biruta Galdikas, who he sent to Indonesia to study orangutans, and Diane Fossey. See, there we go, they were linked. <laughs> Uh, who studied gorillas in Rwanda. And the three of them uh, were called his trimates. <laughs> and uh, they were known in the scientific community as Leakey's angels. <laughs> uh, Galdigas, like Goodall, is going strong. The fate of Fosse, uh, as many of you would have seen in Gorillas in the Mist, was grim. And she was murdered in 1985 after trying to punish several local people after they attacked some of the gorillas that she loved so dearly. She was in a war zone, it wasn't a great idea. Now, Leakey's interests uh, in his posse turned out not to be purely scientific. <laughs> in his late... <laughs> Just scandalised inhale over there, that was great. Um, in his late 50s, married with three children, he apparently bombarded Goodall with declarations of his love and Goodall said that this put her in a very difficult position because on one hand she hugely admired him, he had her whole future in his hands, on the other she said, no thanks, <laughs> a man using his position of authority to push romantic intentions on a woman, how unusual. Their friendship apparently survived this incident and Goodall went off to Gombe Stream Reserve in Tanzania to study chimpanzees. Now, Goodall says that being a woman actually was an advantage in Gombe. At the time, they had just been emerging from colonialism and white males were seen as a bit threatening and intimidating. That stands. Um, uh, but as a woman, she was considered weak and people wanted to help her. So Goodall uh, says the most important quality of living in the jungle was patience. At first, sh her attempts to observe the chimps failed. She could, only, she could not even get within 500 yards before the chimps fled. At other times, they grew violent and attacked her camp. She only had funding from the Royal Geographic Society for six months. She needed to prove quickly that her study was of value. Now, the chimpanzees began to tolerate her presence within a year and allowed her to move as close as 30 feet. And then after two years, they started to come in search of her for bananas. She called it the Banana Club, a daily systematic feeding method she used to gain trust and study their behaviour. She imitated them, she spent time in the trees, and she ate their foods. Goodall gave all of the chimps names. The names were David Greybeard, Flint, Goliath, Passion, Frodo, and Fifi. <laughs> then one day Goodall watched a large male chimp foraging for food, and through her binoculars, she saw him take a twig, bend it, strip off the leaves, and stick it into a termite's nest. Then he spooned termites into his mouth. And this changed everything. This was one of the most important scientific observations of modern times. It was the first recorded example of a primate not only using a tool, but of making one. And the standard definition of a human at that time, distinguishing humans from every other species, was as the tool maker. And humans could no longer have just that title. So she telegraphed Leakey with the news and he said, now, we must redefine man, redefine tools, 
or accept chimpanzees as humans. The discovery secured funding for Goodall to continue her study and she observed chimps patting each other, kissing, hugging and even tickling each other in the same context that humans might do the same thing. She observed a primitive language system with over 20 individual sounds. She observed uh, that they experienced adolescence, developed powerful mother and child bonds and could even trick each other to get what they wanted. And she concluded that chimps had awareness and emotions similar to humans, that they had a concept of self and of other, that they were capable of compassion and altruism, and they could even have a sense of humour. And she says one of her biggest learnings was about child psychology uh, and about what makes a good chimp mother, mainly being patient, playful and protective and helping out if your kid gets into a fight. She was raising her own son at the time and she actually says she was heavily influenced by chimp mother behaviour. <laughs> her, her research also busted the myth that chimps, uh, chimps were vegetarian and peaceful. Uh, she saw gangs of chimps kill each other, which was a shock for Goodall, who thought that chimps were like humans, but nicer. And chimps, she saw them hunting colobus monkeys, taking the carcass back to the group to share, uh, and found out that chimps at Gombe actually killed and ate as much as one-third of the colobus population in the entire park each year. Her research challenged the belief that our mental capacities, once thought to be uniquely human, re were recently evolved and socially acquired, but they may have been inherited from common ancestors that Homo sapiens shared with chimpanzees six million years ago. For all the similarities Goodall saw between chimps and humans, she also found the differences. The brain of a chimp, she said, and the brain of a human are not that different anatomically. And while chimps could communicate through sounds and gestures, they couldn't sit and discuss things. They, they couldn't benefit from the collective wisdom of the group or project into the future. Chimps do, can do all sorts of things that we do but when you look at their intellects, even the brightest chimp looks like a very small child. Goodall's methodology in studying chimps was heavily criticised by the scientific community. She wrote about childhood and adolescence and motivation and mood. She gave the chimps names and wrote about their personalities. And the scientists were very sensitive at the time about giving human attributes to animals. Anthropomorphism was seen as very unscientific and Goodall was told she should have given the chimps numbers rather than names. To quote, and she thought this was just complete nonsense. Uh, I love this quote. Uh, she says, you cannot share your life with a dog or a cat and not know perfectly well that animals have personalities and minds and feelings. You know it, and I think every single one of the scientists knew it too, but because they couldn't prove it, they wouldn't talk about it. But I did talk about it. In a way, my dog Rusty gave me the courage of my convictions. <laughs> Leakey was desperate for his protege to gain some academic respectability, uh, but Goodall just didn't care and she didn't want to become a professor. She only wanted to get a degree because Leakey said that she needed one. So she got a PhD in ethology from Cambridge University and she was the eighth person ever to receive a PhD without first getting a bachelor's degree. When Goodall's findings made the press, she was constantly undermined. Lots of people said that she was the National Geographic cover girl because she had nice legs. Goodall said that that was fine and this was quite useful. 
<laughs> to quote her, she said, when I watched the movie, I see what they were saying about my legs. They were really nice, weren't they? For 50 years, she's been in the const constantly in the public eye. Um, a couple of years ago, Gary Larson's Far Side cartoons included one of two chimpanzees grooming each other. One finds a blonde human hair on the other and inquires, conducting a little more research with that Jane Goodall tramp. When it was published, Goodall was in Africa, but the Jane Goodall Institute thought it was in bad taste and got their lawyers to send a letter to Larson describing it as an atrocity. But when Goodall herself found out about it, she thought it was funny. Since then, all the profits from a T-shirt with the cartoon on it go to the Jane Goodall Institute. And she wrote a preface for the Far Side Gallery 5 praising Larson's creativity. In 1988, when Larson visited Gombe, he was attacked by the chimpanzee named Frodo. <laughs> her publications have always been infamous for their ability to span the world of academic science and popular entertainment. She captured imaginations of the animal world of social drama, comedy and tragedy. In the way her life imitated art, art now imitates Gooder's life. Uh, she's been the topic of over 40 films, and she's written 26 books for adults and children. And now she tours the world for 300 days of the year as the global population of chimpanzees has gone from 2 million to less than 150,000. And she raises awareness of the destruction through habitat loss and bushmeat trade. She educates the public about their endangered habitat and the unethical treatment of chimpanzees through scientific research. And I think one of my favourite facts about her is wherever she travels, she has a pouch with a little bit of limestone in it that she took from Robben Island uh, of Nelson Mandela's prison uh, to remind herself of how when he emerged, he did so with so little bitterness and with so much hope to lead his people. And I think it's very hard for us to quantify the full impact of Goodall's work, but she does remind us that we can never know ourselves by simply studying ourselves alone. Thank you so much.